0: I just want to share with you just a teeny bit about my story just for a second to get to so you guys can get to know me a little bit more. Um, and then we're going to share about St. Joseph and the heart that God has put uh, or what he's put on our heart for St. Joe. And after that, I'm going to share a brief message that the Lord has for us this morning. So uh, I grew up in Apple Valley, Minnesota at Mount Olivet Church, which is now Bethel's Rock Um apple valley campus and it was a great time i learned to love the lord there i learned to be a part of a church family there it was fantastic and we i really loved it and when i was 13 years old I went to Lake Geneva Christian Center for junior teen camp, and God called me to ministry at camp. And so, side note, for those of you that have given to camp or helped support students going to camp, or maybe even counseled and gone to uh, gone to impact students at camp, thank you so much, because camp— changes lives. It really does. When you, when you send the students out to go be a part of camp, God just does incredible things um, every, every time. Even when I would go as a leader, um, every, every year it seems like God had a moment where he would change my life in some way at camp. So thank you for those of you that have supported that uh, in the past. But anyway, when I was 13, God called me to ministry. I ran from it during some of my teen years, uh, but ultimately I went down to a ministry school in Fort Myers, Florida called Fort Myers Masters Commission, Uh, and I did three years there as a student and an intern. Um, and that's where I met my wonderful, beautiful wife, Sephra. Uh, we got married, and then we went on staff for four more years. So I was down in Florida for seven years. Um, and after seven years of sweating and sweating and sweating, I decided this is not worth it. Um, and so I said, we got to move back to Minnesota. Uh, and we did. We moved back to Minnesota. Um, I was the youth pastor at Bridgeview Church in Big Lake for the past five and a half years, and that's where I have been and what I've been doing. It's been a wonderful time. It's an amazing church, and we're so blessed to have been a part of it. But earlier this year, uh, right at about January time, we felt the Lord stirring our hearts saying, your time in youth ministry is coming to a close. And we and then we were like, okay, Lord, what in the world is next? And uh, God, we felt Him stirring us towards church planning. And through a series of random, not random, of God-oriented, ordained events, um, we got connected with Pastor Kyle, um, and they said, we want you guys to plant a church with us. And we were super excited about that. And originally, we were thinking Albany area. So we met with Kyle and had lunch in Albany, um, and it was awesome. We loved the town. But he said, hey. Uh, I know you guys are heading back to Monticello. Why don't you drive through St. Joe on the way? That's another that's another town on our radar. And so we drove into St. Joe, and we just knew right away, this is where God has called us to be. We love the town. We love the community. We love everything about it. And we're super excited to bring a life-giving church to St. Joe. So can I introduce St. Joe to you for a minute and just kind of share our heart about that? Well, it, what, even if you said no, I'm still going to do it. So here we go. Um, here we go. Let me introduce St. Joe uh, to you. So St. Joe, as you guys know, is just west of St. Cloud. Um, I put this slide in there for churches that, like, if we present at a church that's, like, down by Rochester or something. They don't know where St. Joe is, but you guys do. Um, and there's also this awesome opportunity to reach some of the surrounding towns of Avon and Waite Park and uh, even west to St. Cloud. So I just want to show you a picture of the community. Here is what that uh, here's what the community kind of looks like. Picture of downtown Boom. Uh, So there's kind of the downtown. You can see the the college campus right there and some of the businesses. Um, But St. Joe is a town of 7,000 people. It's a great tight-knit community where people support each other. They have each other's back. It's a wonderful place to be. Um, They also have two colleges, College of St. Ben's and College of St. John's in their town. And so every year, 3,000 students come, and they live there throughout the school year, and some stay over the summer and things like that. But it's a town of 10,000 people. Um, And it's like I said, it's a great community. It's a town of 10,000 people, but they only have two churches in the whole town. There's one Catholic church, and there's one Lutheran church. And actually, there is also one really, really tiny non-denominational church. It's very, very, very small but unless those churches are each averaging 3,500 people, we said, hey, there is a huge opportunity for us to come into this community to bring a life-giving church that can be a blessing to our community. So we have, a, we have like I said, there's one great opportunity right in front of us. And I'll just show you a picture. This is just people in St. Joe gathering for their Joe Town Rocks concert that they do every year. And we, I love this picture because what I see is a bunch of people that, that God loves, that he has a heart for, and that he wants to do something incredible in their life. And we know that if we can bring a life-giving church to this community, it can change not only St. Joe, but also the surrounding area. So I'm going to invite my wife, Sefer, to come up really fast, and she's going to share quickly with you, um, she's going to share some of our targets, the, the specific demographics we're targeting um, and also how we how we kind of plan to reach some of them.
1: Good morning. I am not preaching today, Corey, but maybe next time, right? Um, So I'm excited to be a part of today and sharing some of our heart about what God is stirring in us for the community of St. Joseph. And one of the main things that we are so excited about is building relationships with people. We have have a heart for people. We love people. We want to get to know people. And this community, while it's not teeny tiny, it's not massive. So every time we've gone and visited, we don't live there yet. We're still praying. I'm believing for a house there, but we, every time we go there, we get more excited uh, to be a part of what, what is happening there. And so the way that we want to do that is building relationships with individual people. And when we were down at Master's Commission, we worked with young adults for four years, and young adults have a special place in our heart, and we're really excited to be able to rekindle that by working with these college students. And one of our dreams and hopes is to be able to open our home, to have people in our home, to have college students, to give them a place where they can come and not only, you know, eat and lounge and hang out and do whatever, but also to... Uh, have a place where they can feel and sense the love of Jesus in somebody's home when they're a lot of them come from places they're not at home, you know, they're not close to home, they're in college, and, and to be able to do that. And we've recently learned that for years they have had a... Praise in the Pub meeting, which they have their own church meeting that they meet in a pub, and we are excited to be able to offer a place at the church that we're planting there for them to be able to come and have a home church in St. Joseph that they can meet and they can worship God together and they can build um, relationships and connections with one another. And another area that we're excited about and already starting to do is building relationships with the business leaders in this community. There are a ton of small businesses in St. Joseph, and it's exciting because it's cool to see how much they support each other. They're all working together. They're doing this together, and and we went to an event downtown uh, like a week and a half ago at one of the businesses, and they had vendors out there, and so we met a whole bunch of people, and man, This community, we are so excited. They love us already. We love them. People are excited about what we're doing there. We're excited for them. And to be able to partner with business leaders to reach the community is just amazing and so we're looking forward to that piece as well and all of that starts with building relationships meeting people and showing them the love of christ so that when we do plant a church in saint joseph people have a place to come to connect to worship god to do exactly what you get to do here we want to offer that and bring that to saint joseph so we're very excited about that
0: yeah that's awesome thanks
1: (laughs) great job lovey
0: yeah, and there's also, as you can imagine in a community like that, there are so many young families um, that just need a place to land, and um, we are excited to bring that to, to the community. So let me share our vision of how we believe, like, what God has put on our heart, and the kind of three things that God's put on our heart, and it's, as you can see, it aligns perfectly with River of Life's vision. And the first is this, is we want people to experience God in a deeper way than they ever thought possible. We want a church where people can do that. We're not walking into a community filled with people that have no concept of God. That's not how it is. In fact, most people in that community have some concept of God, some religious background, uh, but for a lot of people, it's not real to them. And so we want to help bring a church where they can experience God deeper than what they thought was possible, where they walk in and they sense the presence of God so deeply that they say, man, this is more real, more vibrant than I ever imagined it could be. Number two, we want a place where they can build the best friendships of their entire life, right? The church and the community of the church is so important. And in those relationships is where discipleship happens. And so we believe that having a church where people can build the best authentic friendships of their life is going to be a very important piece. And lastly, we want to be a church where they can cultivate growth. Uh, We believe that every single person is gifted by God and that God has a purpose and a destiny for each person. And we want people in our church to be able to experience that, to discover what their gifts are and the callings that God has on their life, To grow and develop in those things and become the best person that they're supposed to be, right? To grow in their spiritual life and their skills and their talents in who they are as a person so that they can be grow more into the image of who God created them to be. And then what I'm super excited about is as we have a church filled with people that have a deep relationship with God, deep connection with other believers, and they understand their gifts and what they bring to the table, we want to launch those people into the community. So that St. Joseph is changed from the top down We believe that every single area of St. Joe should get better because Christ followers are bringing the love the life of Christ everywhere they go The businesses should be better. The families should be better. The schools should be better And we're excited to impact a whole community by releasing Christ followers into it So we're it's just really really excited about that and that's the vision that God's given us um, Here's how, oh, here's the things that we need to do to get started, okay? We have about four things that we need to do. Well, three things, and then we can launch in early 2024. Number one, we have to build a core team, right? We need a core team of people that we can launch with that say, we are heart and soul with you, and we believe in what God's going to do, and we're going to be a part of this. Number two, we need to find a location. Uh, We're going to be renting a building to start Uh, We've narrowed it down to two buildings right now, and we're kind of, we're about to lock one of those things in, so be praying for us for wisdom, but we need to have a location where we can hold our services, and then number three, we need to raise funds. Uh, There's a certain amount of money that we need to raise so we can uh, have our operating budget. River of Life is supporting a lot of that, but we are also, uh, we're also fundraising with some other churches as well, and then we our goal is to launch in early 2024. That's what we're hoping for. If all those things come together, that's when we'll get launched. So, how can you get involved? Thanks for asking. And we have one last slide. How can you get involved? Uh, three ways. Number one, you can pray for us, right? River of Life. We have, they have a, we have a saying here, right? And we say we we pray first, don't we? If God's going to change this community, then it's going to start with with the people of God getting on their knees and praying and praying and praying. And God, God, I believe God's going to do that. And we need people like you that are willing to say, I'm going to commit to praying for this for the next few years as we really get launched. Number two, uh, we need people to give. And maybe God is stirring your heart and saying, hey, I want to not only support them in prayer, but I want to support them through financial means. I would love to talk to you about how you can do that. Um, Not everybody's going to be called to give, and we totally understand that. But there might be some that say, I can give, and I want to give to what God is going to do there. And then number three, uh, we need connections. Okay, we don't, like she said, we don't live in the community yet. We are, we have been meeting a ton of people and getting connected. But if you know somebody in St. Joe, or you have a connection, please come talk to us after service. We want to get connected with the community and connected with people there. And then here, because this is our home church, I'm adding a fourth one. You get a bonus thing. It's not on the slide. And that's this. is We're looking for people that are willing to commit, right? There might be some people in this room that God is stirring your heart, and you are like, I want to be a part of that core team. I will commit one or two years and say, once you guys launch, I'm going to attend the St. Joseph location of River of Life for a year or two to help you at least to get you guys off the ground. We really need people that are going to be heart and soul with us that are going to say, my, my mission field for the next couple years is to reach the town of St. Joe by helping plant a healthy, life-giving church there. And so there, that might be you today. If that's you, if you're even interested in that, I'd love to talk to you after service. Um, and so I just want to say thank you so much for supporting, uh, for supporting us and for for allowing us to uh, to. Plant a church in St. Joseph. I believe God's going to do incredible things there. And it's just so fun to be a part of a church that's growing and doing things in Long Prairie, here in Sauk Center, in in BBE, and in the future in St. Joseph. So thank you for—that's my whole spiel. um, And thanks for listening to it. All right, cool. I Also today, I believe that God has an incredible message that he wants to share with us today. Um, And the title of my thoughts is Steps and Stories. Steps and stories. And here's kind of what I would like to talk about this morning. Have you ever gotten frustrated with God for him not doing what you thought he should do? All right? and I, By the chuckles in the audience, I know that's a yes. And sometimes that's lighthearted where it's like, God, you should have done this and you didn't. God, how did I hit all these red lights on the way to work today? You always give me the toughest battles, you know, right? Right? Um, But sometimes it's really serious, too, where you say, God, why haven't you healed me yet? Lord, why haven't you provided yet? God, I thought that I was going to get that promotion at work, or I thought that my life would look a certain way once I started, like, serving you with everything that I have. And it just, God, why aren't you doing what I thought you would do? And in those seasons, we can have a lot of confusion There can be a lot of disappointment. There can be a lot of anger and resentment that builds up. Or even comparison where you say, God, God, you healed that person. And and I know they don't pray as much as I do, right? God, why would you provide for that person but not for me? And we can get frustrated. Or maybe you found yourself saying this, God, I thought you would have moved by now. By now, God, I thought I would have been healed. By now, I thought my marriage would be fixed. God, you promised. Where are you at? And in those moments, our faith can really be stretched. And today, I want to talk about what do we do in those moments. And so I'm going to share about two stories um, for you today. And they're both in the beginning of Joshua. And one is the story of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River. And one is the story of them Conquering Jericho, and we're not going to like dig into the details of the story today Because I feel like the point that God wants to bring just comes from the overview of the two stories So I'm just going to kind of read them and and uh, we're not going to dig in like to specific details But we will look at the overview So let me give you the background very fast so we can get rolling With uh, the stories Um, So God had promised the nation of Israel they were his chosen people He, He had promised them the land of Canaan, as their inheritance. Um, And so they had had an opportunity when Moses was leading them to go take the land, but they got scared, and they rebelled against God, and he punished them, and they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And that entire rebellious generation passed away, and even Moses, the leader, passed away. And in the book of Joshua in the Bible— we pick up the story when it's the next generation coming up. So Joshua takes over for Moses, and the next generation of Israelites has their chance. And God says, now is the time for you to take the land. And so they move, but they get hit by two giant obstacles right away. They have this, the Jordan River, which is this raging river that they have to get across, which is not easy. Because there weren't boats, there weren't bridges, they had to get themselves their livestock their families their children across this raging river which i'm a parent of small kids right now and getting my kids in and out of the bathtub is hard enough so like getting like small kids across a river i can't even imagine like catch the baby you know like it's not um it's not not an easy thing right and then once if they if they get across there they have this giant obstacle of a city called Jericho that has unbreakable towering walls and they have no chance of taking it over. And God had just called them to take the promised land. So let's have everybody stand this morning if you're able for the reading of God's word. Um, And I'm just going to read uh, the crossing the Jordan story. So Israel has, at this point, they're right on the camp. They're about to cross the Jordan. God has told them to to do that, and this is what happens. Joshua three fourteen through 17 says, So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan River, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. The Ark of the Covenant was a big gold box that represented God's presence. Um, and it was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks, But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at the town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Let's pray this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us today, that we would hear what you have to say. God, and that if there's anybody in this room that is struggling with, God, where are you at? That today they would walk away. From this sermon, trusting you more than they ever have before and more connected to you than they ever have been before in your name. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Um, so Israel gets across the Jordan River. woohoo! And then, like, the next, so there's a couple chapters, chapter 4 and chapter 5 is them going across and, and praising the Lord and building a monument. But the next action story that happens right after that is them taking Jericho. And it's this giant city, like I said, that they had no chance of taking on their own, and God calls them to do it. And this is what it says in Joshua chapter 6, starting at verses 1 through 5. It says this, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at, oh, I'm sorry, I just skipped. Okay. The, the Lord says that they should do that once a day for six days. Um, and then, I'm missing verses four and five. But what the Lord says is, he says that they, on the seventh day, they need to walk around seven times. Um, And that's the battle plan the Lord gives them. Great plan. You're like, God, is there anyone up there I can talk to else that's got a better plan than that? But they said, nope, go ahead and do this. On the seventh day, when they finish walking around, they have to blow these horns and shout, and that's what's going to do it. So let's uh, skip to, they do this for six days, and let's pick up the story on the seventh day. On Joshua chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. On the seventh day... The Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests shouted the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. And then we'll skip down to verse 20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged, straight into the town to capture it, okay? So I was reading these stories a couple months ago, and something leapt off the page at me when I was reading them, and it's this. In the first story, God did a miracle. In the second story, God did a miracle. But in the first story, the miracle happened in one step. Like, as soon as their feet hit the water, boom, miracle, instant. God's moving. It's incredible. It was awesome. They made it across the river. In the next story, the very next story, it took 13 laps over seven days for the miracle to happen. I looked at that closer, and I noticed something. Nothing changed between the two stories. It wasn't like God was, was struggling to do the miracle the second time. He's like, God, you know, they, they crossed the Jordan, their feet hit the water, and a miracle happens, and then God was like, whew. I need them. Hey, why don't you guys take 13 laps while I recharge for this next miracle, right? Well, oh, it's not like God had forgotten about them either. Like they were on like lap 11, lap 12, and God's like, oh, oh, hey, they're on the 13th lap. Knock them down, right? Knock those walls down. Um, he wasn't being petty or vindictive. It wasn't like God was saying, hey, you did it in one step, but this time you just have to do 13 because I can do it that way. Nope. That's not what God was doing. And and I also noticed that it wasn't the Israelites' fault. It wasn't that they had sinned or messed it up or lacked faith in between the two stories. Instead, they had actually been faithful to God. So why the difference? And I think this is an important question to ask. Because in our lives, we can really struggle when God moves one way in one situation, but he moves differently in another. Or when we see him moving in somebody else's life, but it doesn't look the same in ours. Right? Or when we think, God, you've done it this way before. Why is it different this time? Why aren't you moving the way that I expect? I think it's an important question. And the main point that God, that I think God wants to share today is this, is that God moves in different ways at different times because God knows what is best for us. God moves at different ways in different times because God knows what is best for us. I want to illustrate this um, by talking about stories uh, today. We all love stories. It's a psychological fact that our brains are wired to enjoy stories, right? Uh where are my book people at? You just love to read stories. Um, you love to, like, yeah, read novels where you're at. Wave them high. Wave them high. I'm proud. Okay, but that's not the only way you can consume a story, right? Um, there are other ways. Uh, where are my movies and shows people at? You're like, I don't like to read, but I like to watch movies and shows. Okay, hey, awesome. Thank you, for, thank you for telling us that. I just want to be honest with you, though, today. For those of you that raised your hand for the movies and shows thing, the book people think they're a little bit better than you, okay? It's ju- it's just true, right? You're like, when I read a book, I'm like, oh, let me put on my monocle. I finished this book, right? Tyler Kinzer the first. Um, anyway, uh, and so, right? Like that is that is the case. And there's even other ways, right? There's other ways to experience stories, like like comic books or like you know. Uh, Pastor Corey's favorite, interpretive dance, you know, those types of things, right? And he's big into it. You should come to Fine Arts next year and watch. Um, choreography! Oh, my gosh! Wow! Hey, you want to preach the rest of this message? Because the Lord's moving over there. Um, no, that was incredible. Wow, how do I, I can't even top that. Okay, let's pray to close it out today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, uh, we all love stories, right? And and I, today I brought my one of my favorite story, which if you can see this book, uh, this is the Return of the King, which is from the Lord of the Rings books, which is the best story in the world, right? But and I also thought this too. I'm I'm kind of a nerd, so I'm a big. I'm a big Star Wars guy and at, at a church at this church I feel like we have to acknowledge that um, but I'm a total fraud because I've never read a single Star Wars novel ever I've watched all the shows and books but I haven't read any of the novels so I can't I actually can't claim that and I also I also want to say can I share with you this is my favorite book right but can I share with you the worst novel I've ever read in my life um, and it is mocking Jay by by a, the third book of the Hunger Games series this book is garbage all right and i for those of you that are like they're like no i like that book let's talk after service and god will help bring you wisdom um so <laughs> so anyway back to the good stuff all right stories right we all love stories and our lives can be a lot like these stories because what makes a story exciting and is, is the tension and the conflict and the, and the character growth and the overcoming things. And we love to see when all of it comes together at the end and, like, the hero wins and, and Frodo casts the ring into Mount Doom and, and all of that, right? Like, we love to see those moments. And I don't know about you, but when I'm reading a book, I get into it. And, like, sometimes they'll be going through, like, a really tough part in the book, and I want to skip ahead, right like and actually sometimes i do this i'll like like go a couple of chapters over and i'll be like oh did they die okay good okay back to what i was reading right and like i will do that and in our lives sometimes we want to skip to the good parts too see when we are when we are living our life when we are walking out the different chapters and stories of our life we experience it like a reader one moment at a time one word at a time but God experiences our lives like an author. He knows the whole story. While we're going through it, he knows what we need better than we do because we see one moment, we see one line, God sees the whole story. When I don't understand what is happening in specific moments of my life, I can trust the author of the story. You see, in these, in these two stories we read today, God moved different. in the two different occasions because he knew what they actually needed. He knew what they actually needed. You see, when I read this story, I get focused on the miracle outcome. I'm like, they needed to get across the river, right? And when when they do, I'm like, boom, awesome. Vindication, God has done it. And then the other one, when they needed to conquer Jericho, when the walls finally fall, boom, that's the miracle. That's what I focus on. A lot of times, God has proven faithful, they won, they paid off, that's what I'm focused on, that's what I'm drawn to. But in those stories, I believe this, God isn't drawn to that same thing. You see, God could have snapped his fingers and they could have instantly been done. Right? God could have said, boom, and the whole nation got teleported, all the people in Jericho ran away, you just win the city, you don't even have to rebuild the walls, boom, it's done. Why didn't, they do, why didn't he do that? Because God knew that what Israel really needed in that moment was to grow in their faith, their trust, their knowledge of God, and their relationship with him. You see, by moving the way he did in each story, God revealed more of who he was, and he taught Israel something. When they crossed the Jordan River, God taught them that he is a God of powerful miracles that can move in a moment and that nothing can stand in his way. And when they went to Jericho, God taught them that he's a God that's with them every step of the journey during lap one, during lap two, during lap three. When, it's, when they were tired, when they were hot, when they were hungry, when they, were, when they wanted to give up, God was faithful in the moment. And in both situations, God deepened their connection, their relationship, and their understanding of him. And here's the deal. The lessons that they learned in those moments is actually more valuable than the miracle itself. Because they still had to take all of the promised land. They were going to walk into moments where they needed more miracles. But they needed to learn at the beginning that they had to trust God each step of the way. That they had a powerful God and that they needed to trust him in the process. God wasn't concerned about the outcome. If you put yourself in his shoes, he had it taken care of. God was more concerned about who the Israelites were becoming and their relationship with him. And here's the deal. That hasn't changed even today. You see, in our lives, it's not about the results. It's about the development and the relational growth that happens in the story. That is a paradigm shift for me. Because when I need God to move in my life, I become super outcome focused. I get locked in. I say, God, all I need is you to do this thing. If you would just do this thing, my life would be better. Everything would fall into place. And God, like, why, aren't you do, why are not you withholding that from me? And I get so frustrated. I get angry. I get, I get confused. I get edgy. I compare myself to others. But when I get that way, I'm missing the point. Because I'm focused on the outcome and the ending, but God is focused on the development and the relational growth that happens within the whole story. I'm worried about the result, but God cares about my heart. And that's why God can move in different ways at different times. Because for Him, it's not about the result, it's about the whole story. He knows, He's already got the result. It's about the character development and the relational growth that happens along the way. See, back to the story analogy. A lot of times I think the story like I just want to skip to the ending. I want to skip to the good part. I'm like, "Lord, like bring me to that miracle. Let's go." Right? And and what I what God has has kind of taught me in the last couple weeks even is that it's not about the ending, right? If you had just isolate the ending of a book, it has no meaning. And, and, and actually, we all hate that because it's called spoilers. If I went to, like, there's a movie you wanted to go see or a book you wanted to go read, and I said, hey, here's the ending. This is what happens. You're like, I hate you right now, right? Because, and here's why, because we understand this. The ending gets its meaning and its power from the story from the character development, from, the, from watching the growth, from facing obstacles and overcoming, from getting through the conflict and the tension, when it all finally comes together, who the character is at the end changes, and that's what gives the ending its power. But in my life, I treat the move of God like I want spoilers. I'm like, God, just get me to the end. And God's saying, as the author of your story, if you trust me with the process, if you trust me to move differently at different times, I'll bring you what you need in each chapter and get you to the end. Man, it just, it, and this is like so personal to me right now, that I'm in the middle of this in my own life, but I believe that that's what God has for us today. So I'm going to call the worship team back up, and as they come up, I just want to ask you one question. Do you trust God with your story? Let me phrase it like this, actually. Are you trusting God in the middle of your story? Because here's what I know. He's moving. He's moving. Even if you don't feel like it, even if you can't hear him, even if you feel stuck in the moment, God is moving. And when we are in the middle of the story, we can trust in who God is. Right? Israel was, was able to do both of those things because they knew who their God was. He said, even when I don't understand the circumstances, I can trust the character of the God behind the circumstances. You can trust in who God is. You can keep walking in obedience. Because nothing unlocks the power of God in your life like simple obedience. In that story, it was, hey, take one step into the river. Hey, keep walking around. Keep walking around. When you get to the end, blow a horn and shout, I guess. But that unlocked the power of God in their life. And number three, I think we surround ourselves with people who will support us when we want to stop walking. Because sometimes we need that too. You just need people that are going to say, hey, don't give up. God's got
2: this. Right? Do you trust God with your story? But I just felt as I was listening to Tyler speak that I wanted to just come and, I don't know, just kind of share a little bit of what's going on and and what he's speaking about. First of all, what an amazing family uh, that we have had join our team here at River of Life. What an amazing team. That's gonna go to St. Joe. And The story that God is writing with these guys, he he quickly mentioned like he's in the middle of it. They're in the middle of a story right now. Like what amazing faith to be able to step out of a place where you've been a youth pastor for five and a half years where you have been rooted and and then God says, I want you to go somewhere where there's nothing and start from scratch with nothing. And and they're able to go and, and this journey so amazing. And they, he had some asks at the beginning about prayer, about giving, about connecting, and even going. And I want you to know, he didn't just say those things because that's what he wants. He said those things partially because we told him to, <laughs> right? I want you to know it's from us. We want our church family on board. Many of you, some of you are have already jumped on board and you're part of the team that's going to be going to Brood to BBE area. I I know and I believe that there are people in this room that are going to be a part of the St. Joe team that are going to go. And maybe it's for a year and maybe you go for a year and you absolutely fall in love and you stay. But this is what God has called us to. This is the story of River of Life Church. It's not just about Sox Center. It's about all the surrounding areas. And we want to reach all of these areas, and this is a part of that story, and you are a part of that story. Whatever your part is, we all have a part to pray. All of us should pray. Some of us are going to give. Some of us are going to connect. And some of us are going to go. And so whatever God is putting on your heart, even if you're not 100% sure, you're like, man, maybe it would be cool to be a part of this team. Just have a conversation. You don't have to commit right now. Come and talk to them. Come and talk to me. Let's have a conversation. It's part of your story. And I know this as well. There's stories in this place that have been being written over the last few months, your stories that have been tough. Life is hard. And that's why we want to be a family that prays. But there's there's something that God is doing in all of this. And I'm not saying God caused it all to happen. But listen, God will use it for good. And this morning, you maybe have been going through a lot of stuff, or maybe your life has been great, but you've been here. You were here this morning, and and God just gripped your heart. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him, maybe some of you for even the very first time. You have an opportunity to give your life to Christ, to start this relationship that, that Tyler was talking about with all of these struggles and all these things. That God just wants you to grow closer to him. And this morning, maybe you want to start that relationship. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to just have an intimate time with him where you can just focus on him and hear his voice. Because I believe that there are people that God is speaking to People that he's saying, listen, you've been keeping me at arm's length, or maybe you haven't even been thinking about me at all, and I want to know you more. I want to do this story with you. I don't want you to do this by yourself. The whole point of this story is our relationship. Every story, every, every movie, every book has a good love story, right? The best love story of all is your relationship with God, and he wants to be close to you. And this morning, you have an opportunity to start that, to start that story. And so I want to ask this question. Is there anybody in this place or anybody who's watching online right now that says, I've never given my life to Christ or I've completely walked away from him and I want to start a relationship with him again right here, right now, today? If that's you, would you just put your hand up so I can pray with you? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Anybody else who says, that's me, I want to start this. I want to live for him. I want to go after God. If you are watching behind the screen right now, you can make this commitment as well. It's not about raising your hand. It's not even about saying certain words. It's about a heart decision of, God, I'm committing to you. I want to live for you. And so I want everybody in this place to pray with me. And if you raise your hand or if you want to make this decision today, I want you to mean these words with your whole heart. So pray, pray this with me. Pray, Father God... I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me and to forgive me of my sins. I accept that gift and help me to live for you from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen.